This interview is also available on HD Video, exclusively for all Veritas members inside our interviews and TV sections of our website at VeritasRadio.com. The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. We are all part of the Rothschild education system that teaches us how to be able to sit still for eight hours a day because of textbook and test lobbying. They even overload our children so they don't have time to be creative or explore the world. Getting them into too many sports or activities prevents the family from having meals together. They convince you to take a job, go to college, to get good health care, to work until you die. Meanwhile, convincing you of things like contributing to 401ks, but preventing you from knowing the details of where the banks actually put your money to work for them, not you. They convince you of the American dream to own a home and keep you stuck in the system. Advertisements everywhere over consumerism keep you stuck in the loop, convinces you that you aren't good enough unless you have or can show you have this or that luxury item. It perpetuates the grass is always greener mentality. The idea that there's always something better that we are missing. And when it comes to music, the industry promotes over-consumerism and sexism in the lyrics. It glorifies crime. And as we've explored many times on this radio program, most of the music around the world has been tuned from A432 Hertz to A440 Hertz. A440 makes you feel tired, antisocial, depressed, and is overall unhealthy. Tonight, we'll discuss how to do the work to find shadow and integrating it, to look at patterns from childhood, to uninstall faulty patterns, to unlearn what we've learned, to know you're worthy without needing outside validation, codependency in relationships, business. And did you know mental health is caused by the system? The structure we're forced into is unnatural. And finding and gaining mental wealth is not supported by the system. In the past, you only worked a few hours per day and had time to explore. Be with family. Create and run a home in small villages. Food, pesticides, cancer are rampant because of lobbying. Other countries don't even allow these ingredients in their foods. Major brands use different ingredients in the same foods in other countries because of what's banned there versus it not being banned here. We are more than they are. Tonight, we'll level things up. Stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Bridget Brick has almost a decade in the mortgage industry, recently specializing in investment property loans. She's passionate about this as a means for the everyday American to find and have freedom for the matrix system of a 9-to-5 job. 
Her why in helping people escape the matrix is what drives her to share not only financial wealth tips, but also spiritual wealth tips that she calls bricks of knowledge. She knows this because she's lifted and has plenty to share between her personal story and from getting knocked down in business a few times, but still finding major success. Her past business experience includes some time in the tech industry, helping startups raise capital for Series A funding, and working with the New Zealand Trade and Enterprise Office to launch three startups in the North American market. In between, she's also had five businesses and has a knack for noticing and picking up trends in the market. What she's found in this business, lending on investment properties that she didn't find in her other businesses, is a strong connection to her purpose of raising the vibration of the collective by teaching them both spiritual and financial aspects to help them find the truths inside themselves and to establish freedom for themselves and their families. Her website is trustcapital.com. Trust with two U's. And directly from sunny Miami, Florida, my former home ground, I'm delighted to welcome for the first time on this platform, Bridget Brick. Hello, Bridget, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Thank you for having me. Very good. My pleasure, Bridget. I'm so pleased you were able to come onto our program. I bumped into one of your videos a few months ago and really enjoyed your content. For being so young, you seem to have acquired a lot of wisdom. But it wasn't until a few weeks ago when I noticed that you discussed much more than personal finance. You are truly awake. And since this is your first time here, tell us your story. Who is Bridget Brick? Tell us about your journey from the beginning. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, From the beginning, I grew up in a blue-collar household um, with my parents who didn't have education past high school, but it was instilled in me to to seek a higher education so that I could seek a lifestyle outside of and above what I had growing up. So I appreciate my parents for that. And of course, I took the path to go to university, as many people do, because I bought into the idea that University is how you have that, you know, upper middle class, middle class and upper middle class lifestyle. And so I went to university and I was just so bored during the whole stint at, at you at University of Tennessee. It was a great school. Don't get me wrong. And you learn a lot of things when you're that independent and, you know, you have roommates and you have a job and you have to manage class schedule. So there are some great things to learn while being at the age of being at university and being independent. What I learned, though, is that I did not use my degree very much after graduating. And I'll take you back to a little bit before that. Um, My parents did instill in me an understanding of building credit, of having good credit, being able to utilize credit. So at least I had those aspects and understood the importance of working and paying car payments and, and bills on time. So I went to university with this sort of understanding, and I always wanted to have my own business. Now, what university did allow me to do is get a you know corporate job after graduation that I would not have been qualified for had I not gone to university. So at the age and time frame that I graduated, that was really the path forward into the middle class life. And so I took it. Now what you'll see is that whatever you're interested in, you can find a lot of that information online and give yourself a niche education. Now, so long as it's not something like doctor, accountant, engineer, things like that. 
But for the most part, if it's something that's a little more creative or a little more open, like entrepreneurship, you can find the resources you need by not going to university and not spending your money and time on that. And really what I found is after my corporate job, um, I took an even more corporate job and that was with pharmaceutical sales. And so I maybe lasted there for about 10 or 11 months and I, I couldn't stomach it anymore because every fiber of my being did not align with what I was being paid to do. And I realized that trying to sell, I guess, push medications into doctor's hands to be able to, to prescribe to patients for a symptom that I believed could be solved through more natural methods, just didn't, it didn't align with me. And I would, I'm telling you, there are nights I would come home and I would just cry. I was so frustrated with what I was doing. Mind you, I was being paid very good money. I had a free car. I had a free cell phone. I had a laptop. You know, I worked from home, so I didn't have to go into an office every day. I set my own schedule, which you still had to work. But what I'm saying is it was a very ideal on paper situation. And it's very easy to get sucked into that and want to stay. And I still found discord with it. So much so that I quit before even a year of working there. And I went to startups. And in the startup world, I worked with tech startups that were brand new. And what's interesting is they were just as corporate, but in a different way. So you would, you know, have your nine to five expectations. You would set your own schedule, drive to appointments, things like that. And if you, the pressure from tech was, if you didn't hit your numbers, your quota, your goals, then you were, you were able to be, you were disposable really. And I didn't like that feeling either because there's so much pressure and you're not getting to really live life to the fullest because you come home from working hours and you still have work to do in order to stay up with the numbers and the ROIs and the KPIs and everything. And so from there, I quit that also after about nine months and launched my own business. And it was my first business. And I've had a few businesses from there, but I was able to establish my businesses, become an offsite owner with these businesses And then I was able to go take on different projects. And so what I realized is I really liked the the project life, the the life. I liked the the nomadic worker life where you could take on a project, work for a little while, move to the next project. But the interesting thing is when I was doing this, this was not heavily supported in the workforce. And so I would find that if I would go to another project, they would ask what I had done in between projects. And it's almost like, the entire country and employers expect you to work, work, work all the time and never have the freedom in between. And so I found that to be interesting. And the story goes on, you know, I've had quite a few other businesses, uh, for others to be exact, leading up to the one that I have now. Also, while working with many tech startups in order to help them raise funding. In 2019, I was a speaker at San Diego Startup Week where later that summer I became San Diego 40 under 40 for the work that I was doing in the startup world. And then the pandemic hit. And right before the world shut down, I went to Bali with my friends. And it was really in 2020, that year in January, that I started my spiritual journey, my spiritual awakening. And through meditation, through journaling, through understanding the science behind, I guess, the art of what you can't measure, I... I dove deeper into my spiritual journey and our trip to Bali right before the world shut down really drove me deeper into my spirituality in healing past wounds, 
participants in facing the traumas that I had not been wanting to face and the pain that I had not been wanting to face. And so I left what I was doing and I had built a consulting company and everything. And I just threw my hands in the air and said, I don't really like this either. I'm just going to go travel for a little while. So my group of friends and I traveled for about nine months um, from the pandemic. We went to Mexico at least six or seven times. I went to see my family quite a lot. And coming out of the pandemic, I did a project with a company who does investment property loans. They specialize in that. And so what I did with startups is I was a COO on demand. I was an operations manager that would help put your operations in line such that your company was able to scale if it had an infusion of money or capital. And so my expertise was really in the operations field. And so this company asked me to help them scale so that they could hire other employees and grow their company. And after learning that and being in that industry and then having my own network and finding my own network outside of that company, I launched my own brokerage. And that's what I've been doing since then. And the difference, because this is my fifth business, right? So why did I have all the others? And why is this one different than the than the others? Why is this the successful one? The difference is I am very much in touch with my why. Why I love to get up and do this every day. And my why is that I want to help people escape the matrix system, the nine to five system, the rat race. And I want them to be able to put their money to work for them. I don't want them to have to work for money their entire lives. And the, and the way that I do that is by providing investment property loans so that they can purchase real estate, gain that equity and find themselves in a wealthy position when it is time to retire. And so that's the biggest difference is, is I finally, once I opened my heart with my spiritual journey in 2020, opened up to my, my heart to what was possible and opened up to something that solidified my purpose in my why. And that's why I've been so successful at this so far. That's a great story. And by the way, I have a similar story. I mean, my parents, blue collar parents, they, in my case, they escaped communism and they instilled in me to, to never ask for, for uh, to never be dependent on the government, to always use education to, to my favor, to have good credit, to keep your promises, to be self-reliant and all those things. But you and I worked in the belly of the beast, and now we are deconstructing it. Would that be a good way to say it? A really great word. Decondition, deconstruct, all of it. Unlearn. <laughs> So Bali, Bali, I, I saw your video, your initiation there. You're going to bump into Sasha Stone, a good friend of this program, who has a, a lot of presence there in, in Bali. You didn't? I didn't. I didn't. Mm-mm. So when you were in the corporate world, when you were in the education system at the University of Tennessee, I also went to college. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. I just don't know sometimes, did I have to go to college? It seems that it's part of the program. A lot of people go mm-hmm. into college with a lot of debt. They come out of college now. I mean, look, and we're going to be discussing the mortgage industry, the real estate industry. A lot of these young people coming out of four or five-year bachelor degree with $100,000. And if they have a graduate degree, sometimes 250, half a million dollars, sometimes because they want to go to an Ivy League uh, university. So what's going to happen with those people when they realize that what they went to college for, uh, you know, the, the, the majors that they, they, they elected to, to study uh, are not what's going to be paying the bills? So it's interesting. University at the time that I went, which was 2002, I went from 2002 to 2006, 
when I went to university, you couldn't get one of those corporate jobs without having gone to university. Oftentimes they would overlook you. They wouldn't even look at your resume. So if you want to be plugged into a corporate job and corporate system and have a very normal middle-class life, maybe it's not a bad idea. But if you, if you feel like something isn't right every day when you wake up, this can't be it. This can't be how society works. This, I, I'm not supposed to wake up every day for the rest of my working life and do this every single day. I'm meant to explore the world and explore food and travel and other people and community and arts and laughter and dance and play everything, right? So when you, when you finally wake up with that realization, then you realize maybe the path that I was on wasn't really the right path after all. And it might take you 10 years, like it took me, of going down that very structured path in order to come to that realization. So let me back up a little bit. I was one of those kids that was like perfect on paper. I mean, I graduated in the top 10 in my high school class. I worked 30 hours a week while I was at university. I was the number one salesperson at university because I did mortgages while I was in college. So I worked for a mortgage company in college. I was always the top one or two salesperson. And then I was promoted to the manager and, you know, the team always did well, right? We always hit our numbers. And so I was a very driven person, always following the rules from a very young age. Now I met someone from my hometown and we dated all through university. He was a couple class years ahead of me. So he'd already graduated and we got married straight away and he went into the military as a Navy SEAL. And we, you know, like we got married right after university. And so I had that very structured life of, okay, you meet the person you're supposed to marry, you marry them, you know, right after university is over, you start a family, you buy a house, you have your corporate jobs with your corporate salary. And, you know, he had his, his salary as well. And so you, you start down the middle class path and then things start to happen where you realize that this isn't the path for you, but you're already so far down it that sometimes the uncomfort of breaking that path is, is not enough to break you out of it. And so you might be a person who stays in that uncomfort your entire life, but then you get to the end of it, 50, 60, 70 years old, you're in retirement age. And you wondered what the heck did I do with my life? Or like me, you get to a breaking point and you realize everything you did, even down to the furniture you bought for your house, was what you thought you were supposed to do based on society's expectations and based on what you think others will think. And so when I finally admitted to myself, this isn't working at all. And there were things in the marriage that were like red flags for a long time. Um, that I just ignored because I bought into the Bible Belt mindset of, well, once you're married, you've got to stick by the person for as long as it takes. And, and you have to stand by them no matter what, no matter how they're treating you or what they're going through or or anything. You know, you this is what you do. And, you know, so I bought into that whole thing and stayed in that marriage longer than I should have. And finally, everything deconstructed itself. And I left that marriage. I sold our home in 2017, the one that we had remodeled. I filed for divorce in 2018. I, at this point, had my own uh, company, my own cookie company, my first company, and was also working for the New Zealand Trade and Enterprise Office on a project. 
So I had my own income separate and outside of him, which I've always worked. So that wasn't an issue. Um, but I, I, I really looked at my life and I asked myself, okay, if you never, Bridget, get married and have kids. If you- Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.